Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline will include the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim dancing into the Sweet 16 last night with his son leading the band. What a weekend. Upsets galore in the dance, terrible injuries in the NBA, sneaky big signings in the NFL. We are ready to roll. Let's go. Here we go. Go, Only one place to start. The Illini team comes in, they score 80 points a game, and you're held to 58. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And we came out and we kind of controlled the game from the start. It was Loyola Chicago's game uh, from the tip. What a day it was. How about Loyola Chicago? And I want to begin the program today by talking about a sound that I had missed. You know, sometimes you don't know you missed something. What's, what's the expression? You don't know what you got till it's gone. What's the opposite of that? I don't know that you realize how much you miss something until you get it back. So here's how I watched that game yesterday. It was a beautiful sunny day where we live here in the northeastern part of these United States. And I was out at the driving range trying to figure out why I can't hit a five iron to save my life. And I'm hitting balls after hitting balls after hitting balls. And I start getting texts. I glance over at my phone and I'm getting texts from people saying, are you seeing this? Are you watching this game? And I realize that Loyola has a real shot to beat the number one seed, Illinois. So I go into the bar in the club. Now, bear in mind, this is a room that had been closed the entire golf season last year because of COVID and everything. And I go in, and the TVs are all on in there, and all the TVs are on this game. And there's probably, I don't know, 15, 20 people in there. They're generally distance out. Each table is doing its own thing. I'm, I'm bad at estimating. Maybe there were 30 people in there. I'm not sure. It's a big room. Either way, I just sort of sat myself down in the corner and watched the rest of the game in there, probably the last 10 minutes or so. And what I will tell you is the sound of a bunch of people reacting to a sporting event is a sound that I found I had missed. I thought to myself, boy, this feels so good. All the people in the room going, yelling and screaming, because the underdog is winning, and they're going to win, and every time they cut to a shot of Sister Jean, everyone in the room is laughing and cheering and whatever it is, and some people's brackets are busted, and other people are loving the upset, and whatever it is, but just the communal experience. I had not been in a room and watched a sporting event with people other than my family in a year. Basically exactly a year, right? This was the first event we didn't get, was the NCAA tournament. And there's something wonderful and special about it, and yesterday was nuts. But I just wanted to start by saying that, that there was a feeling of being in that room with all those people reacting to something we were watching together that really made me feel good. It put me in a good mood for the rest of the day. It didn't matter that my bracket is up shambles, as I would assume yours is too. The entire right side of my bracket is just done. I had Ohio State and Illinois, they're both out of it, and that, that just is what it is. That's a very normal thing, and in a time when we crave normalcy, I didn't even mind that. But one way or another, that experience of listening to those people just reacting, and you know, they're all yelling thoughts over at me, greeting, what time does this game start, that game start, whatever it is, it just all felt very normal. And that noise, that sound, I'm not talking about fans being in the arena, which we've had a little bit of in this tournament. I'm talking about watching the game with other people. It felt good. It felt really good. And it felt a little more normal than anything else has in a really long time. Greedy with you on ESPN Radio. Let's get to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. My favorite team in this tournament at this point, without question, is Loyola. You know that I root for the Big Ten, and obviously it has not been a good start to this tournament. It's not going to be a good tournament one way or the other for the Big Ten. 
But I have fallen in love with Loyola and, of course, Sister Jean. The 101-year-old nun is once again the breakout star of the big dance, only this time. The difference between Sister Jean at 101 versus Sister Jean when she first became a legend at the comparatively youthful age of 99 two years ago is that she's not wearing a glass slipper. This team is not a Cinderella. I want to make very clear what Loyola is not, okay? They were on the Ken Palm. Do you follow this Ken Pomeroy rankings? Unless you're a big college basketball person, you may not. Ken Pomeroy is just a guy who basically does analytics. It it is just essentially factoring in all of the numbers and all of that stuff, and he puts out rankings, ratings of these teams. It's like the way the BCS used to do with college football. And I want to read you the top eight teams in the country at the end of the regular season. At the end of the season, these were the eight best teams in the country. Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, Houston, Iowa, Loyola, Chicago, and Alabama. Anything jump out at you? That means that these ratings, the Ken Palm ratings, are telling you that of the eight best teams in the country, four of them became one seeds, three of them became two seeds, and the other was Loyola, with the number one defense in America, were an eight seed. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that they forced 17 turnovers against Illinois yesterday and that they won the game. And if they keep playing like that, they could very easily wind up cutting down the nets. And we will all say, oh, this eight seed, it's a miracle. Goes to show you the committee sometimes gets things just ridiculously wrong. Loyola was a true Cinderella when they went to the Final Four a couple of years ago. They are anything but a scrappy underdog now. This is a legit good team that should have been seeded much higher. And Vegas knows it. Right now, the favorites in Vegas, Gonzaga, has the shortest odds, followed by Baylor, followed by Loyola. That's a one seed, a one seed, and again, an eight seed. How did that happen? How did the committee seed them eight? I asked Jay Billis that question on TV this morning, and he said that when the seedings came out last week, he sort of made an interesting admission. He said when the brackets came out last week, maybe we were all so grateful just to have the tournament back after not having one last year that we didn't feel in the mood to parse them as closely as we usually would and yell and scream about stuff. But we really should have been yelling and screaming about this. There's no way in hell Loyola should have been an eight seed. It just doesn't stand to any reason. And so they get screwed by that, but they win. So it doesn't really impact them. It's Illinois that deserved better. Illinois was the number two team in the country going into this tournament. They wound up playing this team in the second round. So they're out. Again, if you're going to be the two team in the country, if you want to win the championship, you got to beat whoever's in front of you. I'm not arguing that. But they shouldn't have been playing a team this good in round number two. That's a terrible job by the committee. Terrible. One way or another, that was the deal yesterday. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. The Big Ten had a very rough week. Very rough. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Greedy, does this mean the Big Ten was overrated? I'm glad you asked. Because I can answer that question. Hell no, it doesn't mean that. I've been saying this for 20 years on these airwaves. The NCAA tournament is two things at once. It is the most fun sporting event we get all year. And it is the worst imaginable way to decide on a champion. The worst. The the level of randomness of it is unmatched in any other sport I'm aware of. 
this year more than any other time through no fault of anyone's because there's no such thing as home court advantage or anything like that, even trying to put the seeds closer to their normal places. But even so, if you were trying to decide who the best team in the country is, you don't just throw them all in a hat and let them play it out in a single elimination tournament. You're deciding the winner of the NCAA tournament, and we call them the national champ, and that's fine. But Billy Donovan said it best himself. When he was coaching Florida, one of the two years they won the national championship, they asked him his reaction, and he said, if you were to start the whole thing over and play it all over again, it would probably turn out entirely different, and that's exactly right. The randomness of it is both the best and worst thing about the NCAA tournament. And if it sounds like I'm defending the Big Ten, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. The Big Ten was awesome. They were by far the best conference in the country this year. Ohio State got tripped up. Illinois got tripped up. Give credit to the teams that beat them. I'm not taking any credit away from them. But I'm also not taking credit away from the Big Ten. They were the best conference in the country they deserve to be thought of that day. The list today is the top five players in NCAA tournament history. The guest coming up next is a Hall of Famer. Jim Beheim will join me after this. His son has led his team to the Sweet 16. Don't miss that conversation right after this. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Well, this was quite the basketball game. The madness. The inbound to Buddy Bay and the celebration is on for the Orange. They've advanced to the Sweet 16 over the West Virginia Mountaineers. Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. We are back. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. It is my pleasure to welcome our next guest on the Goodyear Hotline. Syracuse knocking off San Diego State, the sixth seed the other night, then knocking off West Virginia yesterday to advance to the Sweet 16 where they will play Houston on Saturday night, and their legendary coach, the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim, is back with me here on ESPN Radio. Congratulations, Coach. It's great to be talking to you, uh, talking to you on this Monday. If I, <laughs> if I wasn't, we wouldn't be playing. <laughs> That's right. And, and, you know, over the years, you know, Jim, I, I've probably talked to you on the air over 20 years, 100 times, and what I've always found is that I'm always more interested in talking to you about things other than basketball and other than your legendary press and uh, your legendary zone and everything else. And so here's what I want to ask you today. I, I mean, and, and yep. in all honesty, like as the, as a father myself, 
I cannot imagine what it must be like to be coaching your son. For those who know his story, this is a guy who wasn't really recruited to go anywhere. He started out as a walk-on. He has now scored 55 points in two NCAA tournament games to lead your team to the Sweet 16. Jim, how do you put into words what that feels like as his dad? Well, when you bring it up and make me think about it, I'm I'm stunned and almost unable to move forward. During the game, I just pretend he's a player. I honestly, I try to pretend he's my two guard, and let's see what you know what we can do. We obviously get him more shots now because he's making more. You know, this year he started out shooting 25 percent from the three the first 15 games, and uh, you know a lot of people didn't like him in the lineup. Um, in, in especially in Syracuse, but you know he stuck with it. I mean, he's the hardest worker I've ever been around, and I've had some really hard workers. And you know, I'm just proud that he made himself into that. Not that he's necessarily a great player, which I think he's becoming, but I'm just so proud that he's made himself into this because he just wanted it. I mean. I never told him to go to the gym. If anything, his mother's probably the only one that's told him to go to the gym. But usually she tells him to come out of the gym because he's there Saturday night after an afternoon game shooting the ball on a machine, a gun machine, which you get a shot every eight seconds, for an hour and a half. I mean, it's his arm gets sore, literally. He has to rest his arm this year, which I've never heard from a basketball player and I've been around some guys like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry who shoot hundreds and hundreds of shots every day. But I just am proud that he's made himself into this. And uh, that's what I take out of it as a father. You know, how do you try, or not even try, because you obviously succeed, how do you treat him like just a player when he's a game? I have obviously practically no comparable experience, but I did coach my son when he was playing in third grade, and I couldn't do it. I literally, I ha- after one season, I had to stop because I couldn't. I couldn't separate myself from being the father of one of the players on this little eight, you know, eight-year-old team. I couldn't do it even then. How do you do it? Well, I haven't told anybody this, so it's kind of a national. For it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the best thing I've ever done, but it's the hardest thing because you can't think about he's my son. You have to think about he's my two guard. What what do we do with him? Is he got to come out of the game because he misses four or five straight shots? Fortunately for him, when I've had shooters, it doesn't matter if they miss shots. They stay in because shooters are going to make shots if they get enough of them. The only problem is if the coach doesn't get them enough shots. And if I don't get them enough shots, I can't go home at night. So, you know, the door's locked. <laughs> and, you know, if it's really bad, the door's locked. They may have been changed by the time I get home. <laughs> so <laughs> as we all report to someone, even even uh, head coaches mm-hmm. and radio guys, we report to the boss at home. Well, and, and who in this case is is not just your wife, 
but as his mom. And, and, and that, that's, that's another complicated part of this. Like, I can't, I'm trying to put myself into this situation because the, the human interest side of it is so fascinating to me. And all of those dynamics, when he's struggling and he's not making shots and you take him out of the game. And now, you know, his, his mother is watching the game and she is both the coach's wife and, and, and the two guards' mother. I mean, it's, it's fast. It's like a soap opera. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been good that he's always played well. I I hate to think what would have happened if I'd have had to sit him down or something. I don't think it would have worked. I talked to a coach once who said his, yelled at his son during the game, and when he got home, his wife was fully sweatshirt, hat, everything <laughs> in bed with a partition up in the middle. <laughs> don't come over here. <laughs> So, so we all understand how it's going. Anyway, it, it's it's a it is a beautiful story. I mean, genuinely, just as someone who has known you as long as I have, it's it's a joy to watch. Let, let's move from that again. Jim Beheim with me yeah. at Syracuse, and let's talk about your team and in its totality. Here you are. It's another year where your team comes in as this low seed or high seed, however we factor these things in, eleven seed, and you're off to the Sweet Sixteen. How do you keep doing that? Well, you know, we've been fortunate. Our, our defense is a little different for people. That helps us a little bit, not as much as people think. But teams don't see zones anymore. It used to be you played against zones quite a bit. Now we're like the dinosaur. There's just not many teams that play zones. So that helps us a little bit. But we're a good offensive team, which it took us a while to develop into. Uh, that's what really helps us. We're shooting fifty percent from the three and the two, or in in the two in, in the NCAA tournament against two of the better defensive teams. So I think that's one thing. The second thing is amazing. What a year it's been! I mean, I'm so grateful for our players and for the NCAA staff, Andy Gavitt, to get this tournament up and running. Is I mean, it's an amazing thing, an amazing job. So we're really grateful for that. But when you look at the tournament and you see 15 seeds winning, 12 seeds winning, Oregon State three weeks ago couldn't beat the next-door neighbor, and now they're beating everybody that they play. And it's obvious the Pac-12 is doing well in the tournament. Just to win the Pac-12 tournament was unbelievable. And now they're beating, you know, I mean, really, really good teams. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State's really, really good. And you look at all Roberts, they got two of the best players in the tournament. And that's college basketball. There's just good players all over the place. And it's fun for our game uh, to see that. You still have Baylor and Gonzaga, who clearly are the two best teams. But there's a lot of other teams. Loyal of Chicago, as impressive as Baylor and Gonzaga is, Loyal of Chicago is the most impressive team. They're not a Cinderella. They're a really good team. They beat one of the three best teams in the country yesterday by 10 points or more. Yes. I mean, amazing tournament, amazing. We're playing it. And it's just great that we've been able to get through this year. For the most part, everybody's healthy, which is number one. And number two, we got an awful lot of the games played and we're going to have one of the best tournaments we've ever had i said this last week going in this is just going to be a great tournament because you have so many great coaches and so many great teams you've got coaches coaching here that nobody even knows about who are really really good coaches 
It's been nuts so far. It's been fun, and it is great to see. Uh, all, all, it's great to see it back just after having – it was the first <laughs> event that we lost last year, and so just to have it back, I agree with you, just as a, as a fan, as a spectator, is a delight, and it's great to see you winning again. Coach, the best of the family. Thank you. Congratulations. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk next week when you're on your way to the Final Four. I hope so. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> Take care. Jim Beheim with me here on ESPN Radio. Again, he's someone I've known a long time. I just find that fascinating. I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you do it. Like – I remember I used to say to Mike all the time when his sons were playing sports and, and his daughter, too, at the swim meets, you know, like, I don't know how you sit there. Like, like my kids never played at, at the highest levels of anything, nor were they ever really a significant risk to do so. But even in the in the in the what the rest of the world would consider to be basically irrelevant games, like I, I, I had the hardest time watching them play. Basketball happens to be the sport that my son played. And so I've watched a trillion basketball games over the course of time. And I would get anxious and, and all that. And it's a true story. I couldn't coach it. I coached it for one year and I couldn't do it because I, I couldn't separate myself from being Steven's dad to being the coach of the team. And that wasn't fair to all the other kids on the team. So I knew it immediately. And I did my best to be as fair as I could to everybody for that season. And I told the people who run that little league in our town, I can't be a coach anymore because it just, it's not fair to all the other kids. So, Anyway, it's, it's an amazing thing to see him and to see them doing what they are doing. I am Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. I have a million other things to get to today, but let's put it together here. Since we had Bayheim there, let's do the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green list. All right, today's green list, again, top five, this or that, as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's list, in honor of what has been a spectacular start to the tournament, the top five players in NCAA tournament history. I'm taking into account accomplishment, not just individual best players, because if you do that, then you're just going to look at the guys who went on to be the best pros. That's not what it's about. It's about the five players who accomplished the most in the NCAA tournament during their career. Number five. Five is Jerry West. Jerry West's numbers in his college basketball career were ridiculous. What I have for you here is that he scored 33 points and averaged 12 and a half rebounds per game to win most outstanding player of the year in a team in a year in which his team lost in the national championship game. But there were a bunch more numbers on this that I was looking at yesterday. I, I misplaced him. I'll get him for you later. But his numbers in college were ridiculous. He led his team and everyone in everything. Jerry West, who wound up being one of the great players in NBA history, was genuinely one of the greatest college players in history and was that in the tournament all three years that he led his teams there. Again, freshmen weren't allowed to play then. Jerry West is a very worthy number five. Number four. Four is Ewing. Patrick Ewing led Georgetown to three national championship games. They won it all in 84. He was the most outstanding player. He lost 18, he averaged 18 and a half points and eight and a half rebounds in the games they lost. They lost the two games they lost, the championship games. They lost those two games by a combined three points. The first one, Fred Brown throws away a pass. The second one, Villanova basically pitches the perfect game. Patrick Ewing was two buckets away from being a three-time national champ. He was unbelievable. And if you watched Ewing in college, he was as dominant, spectacular, and special a big man as I ever saw. I'm not old enough to see some of the other centers who are still going to be on this list. But I saw Ewing. 
and Ewing in college was a whole different level. Number three. Three is Christian Leitner. Now, this is the one I know is going to make people mad because Leitner is an individual player doesn't really belong on the list with Jerry West or Patrick Ewing or the names who are still to come. I could have thrown a bunch of other people out there. But if you look what Leitner accomplished as the leader of and best player on teams that made it to the Final Four four straight years at Duke, that really got Coach K over the hump. Coach K, his first team, the great team that had Johnny Dawkins and Allery and Amaker and Jay Billis and all those guys on it, they didn't win. And if you remember, he was known as the guy, Coach K was the guy who just couldn't win the big one. And then Leitner got him over the top, hitting one enormous shot after another, played in four Final Fours and won two NCAA championships. Tristan Leitner, I think, deserves to be where he is on this list based upon what he was as a collegiate player. It's the top five college tournament players, the green list today on ESPN Radio. Number two. Two is Bill Walton. Bill Walton's numbers sound like you have to have made them up. Like when you look at Bill Walton, I remember talking to Bill about this on the air years ago, the one legendary game. He played in three Final Fours, won two championships, was the Final Four most most outstanding player, both of those. In 72, he averaged 26.5 points and 21 rebounds a game in the tournament. In 73, he averaged 30 points and 15 rebounds a game in the tournament. And the legendary game is in the championship game, in the final game against Memphis. Bill Walton was 21 of 22 from the floor and scored 44 points. I remember talking to Bill about that game. It's probably the greatest individual game anyone ever played in college basketball. And Walton, on it, had it not been for the only other person left, would clearly have been number one. Number one. But he's not. Because Lou Alcindor, now known to the world as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is the greatest collegiate ever. He's the greatest high school player ever. He's the greatest collegiate ever. And in my opinion, he's the most accomplished basketball player that ever lived, inclusive of everyone. He won the NCAA championship all three years that he was eligible. He was the most outstanding player of the Final Four all three years. I say that because he was playing at a time when freshmen weren't eligible. But in those days, UCLA won the championship the year he wasn't eligible to play. But when they would play games, the freshmen against the varsity, his team would win. Because he was on it. In the final four, he averaged 26 points and 18 rebounds a game. In the three final fours, he was in combined. Al Sindor is the only right answer for the greatest college player of all time. And that is today's outstanding green list of the five greatest players in NCAA tournament history. Greeny with you. Want to remind you, by the way, don't miss the rematch at UFC 260. Heavyweight champ Stipe Miocic, a number one, has taken on the number one contender. They meet for the second time, UFC 260 on Saturday. It's exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. You can visit ESPNplus.com slash PPV. A note that I wanted to pass along that I got literally just before I came on the air with the latest about LeBron, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that injury a little bit later. But with LeBron going down and he's expected to be out a month, and Anthony Davis not all that close to coming back. We will talk at great length about what that means for the Lakers coming up and what it means for the West Conference, the Western Conference. But what I got right before I came on the air was a note that said the Nets are now the NBA favorites 
to win the NBA championship. Let me read this to you. I literally got this right before we came on. The Nets have surpassed the Lakers at multiple sports books, are now the consensus favorites to win the NBA title. They've won 15 of their last 17. They're in second place in the Eastern Conference standings. And this obviously is as much about LeBron and what the Lakers now don't necessarily feel like as it is about Brooklyn and what they do feel like. So the Nets are now the consensus favorites to win the NBA championship. That is obviously something to keep a close eye on. And then there's this. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I was so thrilled with the reaction that I got to something on Twitter yesterday that I wanted to share it here. So yesterday morning, I was doing what I always do on weekends, which is I get up, I get the largest cup of coffee I can get my hands on, and I sit down with the Sunday New York Times. I love a newspaper. I still read the newspaper, and that is going to be the point of this story. But what I came across in the newspaper was in the wedding listings. They have every Sunday in the style section, they list the marriage listing. People get married. Um, And they write up a little thing about the bride or the groom or whatever it might be. In this case, they had a whole story about Charles Barkley's daughter getting married. You might remember that. Charles' daughter, her name, I believe, is Christina. Um, I'm just doing this for memory. Whatever. His daughter got married, and it's a beautiful story. They wrote up a whole thing that the man that his daughter married is not a sports fan and knew Charles Barkley as the guy from Space Jam. Literally didn't know anything about him. And it's a very funny and beautiful and touching story about these families. I actually texted Charles, and he texted back to me, best day of my life. So it was a really nice story, and I wanted to post it on Twitter. And I could not find a link. For whatever reason, I could not find a link. So I just took a picture of it, and I posted it on my Twitter page, and I asked if anyone can like just attach a link to this. If you find one, please do. It's a wonderful story. And I was besieged, A, with, with t- tweets from people saying they liked the story, But more, I was besieged with tweets from people who were taken aback that I still read the newspaper instead of reading it all online. And there were some people in my mentions. I I started going through the mentions because I found it all so interesting. And I find that there are basically two kinds of people in this world. There is the majority (laughs) who are now getting their news when they read stories from an iPad or online, you know, on their laptop or wherever it is you get your information digitally. And then there were the dinosaurs like me who still read the newspaper. But I will tell you this, and I was delighted to read how many of you agree with me. There is a delight to be had in the feel of a newspaper and a cup of coffee that I will never let go. I promise you I'm never letting that go. In the same way that I've said I will continue to read books until they stop making them, the day that I will start reading books on an e-reader is the day they just stop printing books any other way. I will read the newspaper as, as, as on, on actual paper, whatever that's called, in print, as long as they keep printing one. When they stop printing one, which I fear will eventually happen, then I guess I'll have to stop. But there is something about the way a newspaper feels, looks, smells, the way the print gets on your hands, that ink gets on your fingers, something I normally hate. I hate anything on my fingers. I like that. I like the newsprint on my fingers. I don't know. I'm a product of a little bit of a different era. My kids make fun of me, and on Twitter, a lot of people made fun of me. But I just wanted you to know, if you are like I am, and you're still one of those people who loves a newspaper, you're not alone. I'm never going to stop reading them, and I hope you don't either. 
All right, uh, calls are coming up next here. Coming off of a huge weekend, my number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You choose the sport. We're looking for your takes. If your take is interesting enough, whether it's from the football, from the NBA, from the NFL offseason, whatever it is you want to comment on, if your take is interesting enough to Bubba, he will allow you to share it with the class. So call now, 888-729-3776. Your calls are coming up next after this word from DraftKings. UFC 260 is a can't-miss event. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances and takedowns and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit, withdraw your funds at your convenience. So here's how you do it. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use my name, Greeny, as the promotional code. You'll get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Your calls are next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, and we're going to get to your calls here in just a half a second, but I wanted to pass along a few more of these numbers on Jerry West because when we were doing the top five players of all time, the West numbers are, are, are just steadfastly ridiculous. J- Jerry West in college, he's another one of these guys that his numbers in college make you feel as though they have to be made up. Like no one could actually have done this in college. Just listen to this. In his junior year in college, for example, Jerry West scored 26.5 points and averaged 12 rebounds a game. He scored 160 points in five games in the NCAA tournament, 32 points a game. Led all scorers and rebounders in every game in which he played and was named the most outstanding player in the Final Four in a tournament his team didn't win. Now, (coughs) you don't need to know a whole lot more than that to know just how spectacular a player he was. Again, he's another one that you just, he looks like he's making things up. 
In his senior year, he averaged 29 points, 16 and a half rebounds, shot 50% from the floor. His best performance, where's the other stat that I had in here? He led everybody in everything. Like in every game he played, he led both teams in basically every statistic. Jerry West was ridiculous. We'll make that today's fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. So maybe some of today's takes from you on the lines will be about the tournament. Some will be about the NFL, the NBA, whatever it is you're interested in. The phone lines are now open at 888-SAY-ESPN. And Bubba has been feverishly going through the calls. Bubba, who's first up? First up, we have the Chief. All right, the Chief, what's on your mind? I'm I'm doing okay today. How you doing? I'm good. Tell me what you're thinking about today. Okay. Well, I'm thinking about the Giants and Dave Gettleman. I mean, to be honest, you know, every sports fan, especially the NFL, loves the position players, loves a great running back, a wide receiver. Even It's great to get, you know, um, quarterbacks. And I like what the Giants are trying to do right now to get a Dory Jackson. But the one thing that pisses me off about Dave Gettleman is the fact that he went, right when he came into town, he was talking about his hog mollies, his hog mollies, and his offensive line sucks. And just being a Giants fan for many years, I don't care if we have Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. The list goes on. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard on the field. It makes no difference. We don't have an offensive line. We're not going to. Sc- we never score thirty points a game. We're always in, from the last in the league in scoring. The defense could play as good as they you know possibly could, but they're on the field for so much time because they're all the offense does nothing. It just it, it pisses me off at, as a fan. You know, I love the fact that he's going out and making all these free agent signings, but how's about going out and getting an offensive lineman or yeah, two? I hear you. And look, yes, th- that is the most important factor. And if you look, I think, historically at all great teams, that's the one thing they all have. You can't win with a bad offensive line. And they have struggled to put it together. He has spent money in that area before, and to this point it hasn't worked out. But I will say this. We still have the draft. People are acting as though by spending a big money on a wide receiver, it means you can't do anything about your offensive line. The Giants pick 11th, then they have an early pick in the second round, 42 overall. There are a ton of offensive linemen out there to be had. I know who they all are because I'm preparing for the draft, so I could start throwing names at you like Christian Darasaw and Elijah Vera Tucker and um, who's the kid from Cincinnati, James Hudson III. I could start throwing names at you that you probably don't know if you're not studying these players closely. But there are players out there to be had. You can put together an offensive line by getting it right in the third round and the fourth round. That, that's the way the great teams tend to do it. You just can't miss on those guys. So that's really going to be the key. What's on your mind? Brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Bubba, who's next? Terrence is up. Terrence, what's on your mind? Hey, hey Greeny. Uh, first time caller. Thanks a lot. I like your show. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm thrilled with the Giants' uh free agency moves, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, agree with the, I agree with the previous call about the offensive line, but, like you said, there's a draft, you know. There's a draft that the Yankees better win. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you, Terrence, for the call. Thank you for sneaking that in on the back end. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Jay is up next. I'm not – did you just say Jay? I said Jay. Okay, Jay I don't know why you're A-Y. saying words I can't comprehend. Yeah, great Jay, question. you're on ESPN Radio. Jay, what's on your mind? Hey, Greeny, how are you? Thank great. you so much. Um, everyone's making a big deal about the LeBron James injury going down, and everyone's saying, oh, Brooklyn Nets are favorite, Brooklyn Nets are favorite. But what about, you know, KD, and he just went down, and nobody knows what's with him, no one's saying anything. Why are they the favorite if KD is going to be injured like this? Well, is he going to be injured? That's the question. I don't know. I mean, look, LeBron is going to come back healthy. They're saying a month. The playoffs don't start in a month. 
and not, not normally. You might be if you're thinking of a calendar in which the NBA playoffs start in the middle of April. This is not that year, so this whole thing is pushed back. LeBron will be back healthy, and, and AD will be back healthy, and the Nets have been unbelievable without KD. So they've shown you they can win big games without him. Harden and Kyrie and the rest of that cast, if they get KD back and, they, and he's healthy, then they're a prohibitive favorite in the Eastern Conference. So I get it. Bubba, let me get one more here. You got another call? I do. We have Alex. All right, Alex. What's on your mind? Hey, Greeny. With, uh, with these Nick Foles rumors coming out of Chicago that they may move him to Philly, I know I hear Philly fans are skeptical, but as a Chicago fan, I'm really excited that maybe we might go after Mariota and spice things up with Andy Dalton. Yes. I mean, Mariota is, is the name that remains out there. Here's what I will tell you. And in fact, as I'm, I'm getting close to the end of an hour, I will carry this over, but I'll give you a little sneak peek. If you were watching Get Up this morning, you heard people whose opinion I value suggest that the idea of Russell Wilson going to Chicago this offseason is not dead. Not dead that that remains what Russell wants that bears just don't have what it takes to make Seattle interested but that means they're going to have to bring somebody else into the equation three team trades are rare in the NFL but they're not impossible and if the bears can figure out a way to do that the idea that Russell Wilson is still in play in Chicago is not off the table that conversation continues in a moment I'm Greeny on ESPN radio Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.